Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I just had a really awesome interview that I really hit home for me um, for a lot of reasons, but one of those reasons being that today's uh, guest is also an artist. My background is visual arts, and a lot of what I've talked about on this podcast and a lot of what I believe in my business and in how I, I coach people is that the more we embrace our own creativity, you know, the more innovation we allow to come through in our business, the more successful we're going to be, the more people are going to respond to what it is that we're putting out there. Um, but what I didn't expect from today's episode and, and chat with my guest was just how much she mirrored and, and you know, so much of her message being a lot of what I've really been discovering lately in everything that we've talked about in terms of vulnerability and authenticity and, you know, really processing our emotions and connecting into ourselves in order to just radiate and be that version of us that is pure abundance and receives as a result and doesn't look for validation externally. So this was a really special episode. Um, my guest today, I guess I should actually interview her, sorry, introduce her. Her name is Tori Swanson, and she is an international artist with collectors around the world. She is also an artist coach, and she supports artists to become profitable. She is inspired by resistance, challenges, and fear, while in conjunction with a passion for human consciousness, she channels these excessive emotions into her work to transmute the energy into peace. She hopes that whomever finds themselves in contact with her work will forever be changed, for they get to experience a snapshot in time of the divine in action through her artwork, which I just think that is so beautifully put. Um, and just this topic, you guys, of you know, not pushing down our emotions, but actually seeing them as invitations and delving into them and really cultivating a relationship and a groundedness within ourselves and allowing that to be what we share with the world and actually our access to everything it is that we want as creators, as business owners. So it was a really just abundant and really um, invaluable conversation that I got to have with Tori. And I'm so excited to share it with you guys. So without further ado, here's my interview with Tori Swanson. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm very excited today to be joined by Tori. Thank you so much for uh, talking with us today, Tori. Thanks, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Me too. Like looking through 
um, just what you're about and your content. I just feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about. So (laughs) I um, have introduced you a little bit to our audience and uh, they know a little bit of your background, but I would love to hear it straight from you, who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur. So I am an intuitive artist and an artist coach. And by trade, I'm a painter. Um, And I do a lot of work with intuition and energy. And I totally feel like that's transmuted through my artwork. And as a coach, I'm very passionate about helping artists become profitable and um, not abiding into that struggling artist Mm -hmm. um, stereotype uh, because artists aren't meant to struggle. We're meant to thrive and be wealthy. And I am a firm believer that actually everyone walking on this planet is a creator, is an artist, because we're always creating our own lives. And it's just a matter of fact of just naming ourselves what we think we are. Uh, But we can totally get into that later on. (laughs) That's a whole other can of worms. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like just so, because my background is visual arts and uh, I come from a family of artists. And so I've definitely seen like the you know, struggling artist mentality and my mindset. And I have actually done a a podcast episode on here about how like our creativity is actually our access to abundance. You know, Mm -hmm. like the more that we embrace our intuition and our innovativeness and our own creativity, the more we're able to receive. So I want to know, like, was this always the journey you were on? What is your background as an artist and how has it evolved into the business that you have now? Um, so I, as like a child, I was always reaching for art. Um, and I was really fortunate enough to be encouraged and based on my privilege as a white person, I've had a lot of options to express myself. And, um, and my parents always put me into different like artistic outlets as well as, um, you know, sports. I I was lucky I had options to do everything and, um, whether it was painting or music or dance, there was always some sort of like artistic expression in my life as being really important sort of outlet. Um, and always was very drawn to painting. I did go to art school for a year and I totally dropped out because I was extremely (laughs) judgmental (laughs) while going to school at the time, was it 10 or 12 years ago? Um, and I was like, what the hell am I going to do with a BFA? I'm here like painting and everyone else is like actually doing something with their lives. So I was super judgmental and I quit. And it's pretty funny that I ended up in that same position that I started in, um, only to find myself really like coming back to my passion as an artist. Um, I mean, my, my business has evolved so much and I think I'm expecting it to continue to evolve because nothing is stagnant, but, and I continue to learn every single day, but I found a path where I just got really clear on what fueled me and what left me feeling, um, purposeful. That wasn't about me, but about other people and in service and in gratitude. And that was supporting others. And truly, I think the hardest thing is being able to connect your artwork as a service, but it really is like who, whatever it looks like, whoever you are, whatever you're creating, it is serving a purpose. It's bringing beauty to people's lives. It's creating commentary. It's um, encouraging reflection, education, like whatever it is, art has that power. And it's like a language we don't necessarily like totally comprehend. We just know it's necessary in our being. And so, um, the more artists, the more people out there who can like creatively express themselves, I truly think the better the world would be because we're thriving as individuals. And so as a coach, like long story short, um, having like walked through the fire myself and I'm not saying that I'm done at all, but having been through a lot of experiences, I truly think that the hardship that did come my way was there so I could learn from it and share with others, like how to walk a path as well. That allows you to be, allows you to thrive as an individual and as a creative. 
oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. Like, there's just so many. I'm like, okay, I need to be writing these things down. But um, so was it then that you sort of found your journey as a paid artist and and that inspired you to help other people, or was it sort of a back and forth process? Um, so gosh, I remember deciding when I was going to leave, I worked in tech for a while and, um, I had, I had a good gig going on. I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was hard to leave and I was getting paid well. And it was just like this inner yearning in my life that wasn't being fulfilled. And, you know, they always say like, you'll know when it's time to quit. And that I actually did. And I hated it when people said that, but I actually did know when the time was right. Yeah. Yep. You know, and so I did quit and, um, I was just bombarded with the reflection of others telling me, oh, you're always going to be a struggling artist. Uh, that's a hard path to follow. Like it's like one in a million sort of thing. And it just like really, sorry, I, can I swear? Yes. Yes. We <laughs> swear really fucking yeah, pissed me off. <laughs> fucking pissed me off because I was like, well, God, I want to be wealthy. And what's wrong with that? And I want to be able to do my, my artwork. And, and so, um, I, I don't know, chicken or the egg. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> right. All right. I do know is that it started with art first. And um, then the coaching came later once I was able to do a bunch more self-discovery. It sort of was a natural progression where people started asking me for advice and and literally full on asking me to coach them. I love that. So it sort of revealed, the path revealed itself to you, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, and when you're coaching other artists, is it predominantly mindset work, worthiness work, or is it a bit of a mix of like strategy and like, I've been looking at your page, I know you're all about manifestation, so you're in the right place. Yeah. That's, that's what we love here. Um, but yeah, what is it exactly that you're helping artists with to progress their art career? Um, so I totally believe it's a mix of both. Um, <laughs> I wholeheartedly, too. yeah. For sure, we're aligned. So I wholeheartedly yeah. <laughs> believe in universal law of attraction and uh, laws of nature. Um, and I believe that we are, we can manipulate energy and we can create our own lives. We're no, we are not victims to our circumstances. That was another post I put up. Um, but I do believe that there is also a science and a strategy when it comes to building your business. Mm-hmm. So I do have a lot of business and marketing background and I, I implement both. So my coaching is predominantly belief-based, yes. universal law of attraction, manifestation. And then once we have our beliefs in alignment with who we truly are and what we truly want, then it's very easy to go and to do those how-tos like social media marketing, digital marketing. It's it's all very natural after that because you know yes. who you are. Yeah. It's alignment and then action. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're all about here. <laughs> um, so, oh my gosh. Okay. Where do I, I want to go with this? So uh, one of the things that I read in your... Um, in your bio, actually, and I've seen it uh, on your Instagram as well. And this has just been a topic that I've really delved into this year. Mm. And it's the idea of like transmuting, um, transforming sort of those like lower level or lower Mm -hmm. vibration emotions. And you said in your bio, you're inspired by resistance, challenges, and fear while in conjunction with a passion for human consciousness. And I just thought that was like, so I let's talk about that because it's been really transformational for me this year to understand that in the process of manifestation, these are not emotions to shove down and mm-hmm. to try to transform, you know, like change into feeling better. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they never actually deal with the underlying emotions. They're just told that they can't have them if they want to manifest. And so there's a lot of sort of like spiritual bypassing going on, so to speak, of our own emotions, uh, rather than healing the cause of them, which is why they exist in the first place. So how do you 
what what's your thoughts on on that and what do you mean when you say you're inspired by resistance challenges and fear yeah i mean i'm like the number one spiritual bypasser offender so like i'm <laughs> i've been there <laughs> i would say covid really like brought that to the surface because i was just for example, I was experiencing tremendous highs and then tremendous lows. And I just wasn't able to carry as, um, like a consistent pace with my work and it reflected in my personal life. And, um, I just, I was so fed up with the spiritual world <laughs> yep. for a while. I had to like really close the book on it for a minute because, so I worked with a, a psychic spiritual coach for four years and she taught me everything I needed to know about, you know, universal law. And, and we did a lot of great work together and I'm uncovering trauma and really moving on from it. But what I really found frustrating was like every single book I read was like, change your thoughts, ignore yeah. the negativity. And it was like, well, honestly, fuck that. I ended up closing <laughs> my book. It was literally like this year in January where I was like, I'm just going to let myself feel. And I'm just yes. going to let myself be upset. I'm going to let my, myself paint like absolute shit. I'm going to let myself just feel poor. <laughs> I'm going to do all of that crap and um, just know that I'm perfect where I am. And it, you can still receive, you can still be wealthy. You can still be successful and also feel like shit at the same time and not have any of it in the physical world. And it was kind of like multitasking. It, it's like it's like being with your fears and meeting it. And it's actually like doing what every therapist says to do, which is like breathing and accepting it, open the door, let them in and just like not trying to fight it and knowing that it's so temporary and the reward on the other side of that is exactly what you want to create. It's just that when we get confronted with our fears and resistance and challenges, we ignore it. We push it down. We tremble. We have emotional outbursts and we judge it instead of it just being a breakdown to become a breakthrough. It's like, yes. it just plays oh a systematic gosh. breakdown. Yeah. Yes. And That's that exactly. Mm -hmm. Sorry, say that again. I was going to say that when we stay in the breakdown, which is like, we ignore, we get ignore, we ignore, yeah. we change our thoughts. We don't ever actually receive the breakthrough, which is what we need. And like the resistance that pops up for us is exactly the fork we need to encounter in order to be redirected to the thing we want. Cause we've never walked it before. So it's like, hi. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like this was, this has been my big learning of this year, which was like, that the breakdown is part of the manifestation, right? Especially yes. as business owners, because we are setting these intentions and a lot of the a lot of the process of that unfolding or that manifestation actually happening is about seeing the parts of ourselves that we that are not in alignment that that we need to you know integrate with and that comes by like really diving into those emotions and like it seems so obvious to me now but I think I was so wrapped up in the world of like believe more and doubt less yes and and the thing that I've really found and I think this is I've gotten really into like inner child work and it just makes so much sense oh, to yeah. me, but the, the thing that I've really found is like when you delve into those emotions they get quieter yeah, it's so right? true. And mm -hmm. stop. Like, it's so, it's really, I love what you said about that you can have all those things going on and still manifest because it's not actually the emotions themselves that block the manifestation. It's the story that we have about the emotions, yes. which is like, oh, I feel this way and therefore what I want isn't coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, totally. It's like, I, one of my favorite things to do is when I'm feeling like confronted, if I'm not painting or before I decide to create with it, I like sit down, I, I pull a card 
Oracle card for myself. And I literally ask, Hey, what am I going to let go of? What am I need to bring in? And I light a candle because candle magic is so freaking powerful. And I just like hold my hands in front of the candle and I infuse it with everything I want to let go of. And I let that candle be a beacon of reminder of my worth. And just every time I look at it, I just imagine burning the shit that I don't need or am working through and purifying it and letting it be an offering for what I do want, because you're totally right. It's multitasking. It's like knowing that you can like carry the same beliefs of like, you can carry new beliefs, which is like, I am wealthy. I am successful. I am manifesting this blah, 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 blah. And know that you feel like shit and that you feel scared and that you feel small and you feel worthless. And then that's the dance. That's the discomfort. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Um, I went to your Instagram profile and the first sort of um, post that popped up, which was from, I don't know, a little while ago, actually a couple months ago, uh, was just like, so everything I've personally been like really exploring for myself recently and sharing with my audience. And that the post says self-acceptance is the path to wealth because ultimately like, this is what I've really discovered. And like, I mean, I think I always knew it, but it's becoming so clear to me now. It's like, it's not a matter of becoming anything or changing ourselves to be more this or more that. When you, when you say self-acceptance is the path to wealth, what does that mean for you? It means finding presence and, um, no judgment with who you are because you were born into a place where you were able to have everything And it was just our layering of disgust and hate that has pushed it away. So like self-acceptance to me is just like remembering who you are and remembering your birthright. Yeah. And that to me is a path. Right. And, and our access to that is simply letting go of the stories yeah. that we we're not already that, right. We don't already have the birthright. We need to earn it. We need to become more, we need to make more money. We need to be thinner, like whatever the thing is. It's like, Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's really just in letting that go that things get to come in. Absolutely. And the best part is like the stuff that comes in is like beyond your wildest dreams. Yes. Because <laughs> now it's, it, I was really thinking about this. Like I used to manifest from a place of doing, which was like visualization, right? Like I would visualize yeah. money and it would come in, but it didn't often stay or it wasn't easy to have it stay around because it wasn't actually who I was being for myself. Yes. So true. Yes. It wasn't rooted in the grounded space of knowing, knowing who you truly are, which is like inherently wealthy. Yes. 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 Oh my God. I relate. (laughs) The way that you put that was so good. It was like, well, who I am is all these things. But if I visualize and I feel the feelings of the money that it comes in, but it was all sort of like on top of a whole lot of like not enoughness or like just old stories about myself and what it's been like to have all that come up has been like, really uncomfortable and really, yeah. you know, tons of anxiety. Um, and you talk about transmuting through your art of those emotions. Could you mm-hmm. speak to that? Totally. Um, I, well, I, I relate with the, what you were saying about the, yeah. um, because if, like the doing of the ceremony or the visualization is from a place of fear and not having it. Right. And so I, I think that's also like part of the creation process too. It's like, Um, when we try to create from a place that isn't authentic to where we're at, then the piece is inauthentic. And I think the biggest challenge for artists is is painting how you want to paint and finding your style and learning how to express and try new things. Um, what, and that's just me from a painter's perspective, but that also applies to teaching and speaking, whatever your art is. Um, but like, if I feel 
unworthy and I am struggling with this resistance of like, oh, I'm scared to be alone. And my goal is I, I know I can have that partner or like, it's one of those things where like, I want to have my next art exhibit, but I'm feeling like no one buys my art. Well, I'm going to take that fear that I'm feeling in that moment. And, um, I'm going to paint. Mm. <laughs> and even if I, cause I think I was listening to a podcast earlier today and they were talking about, um, how artists like artist statements, people don't like artists don't even really understand their own art. Because I, as I said at the beginning of this, I was like, it's like such a different language that we can't even comprehend. Um, and we're just trying to tie it all together. I swear to God, most artists are BSing what their artwork <laughs> really means. I'm one of them. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to understand it myself, you know? Right. <laughs> well, you know what's actually so funny about that? Because I went to art school and I felt so inauthentic being like, well, it's red because red represents pain. Like I, I'm yeah. not a conceptual <laughs> artist. I'm like, a, I love to paint clouds because they make me happy. And it yes. wasn't until after I got out of university and I just started painting for myself that I actually felt like my art became authentic. However, mm-hmm. what you're saying really resonates for me within business. I help um, course creators and coaches and mm-hmm. um, just creatives who have like, you know, online content. And it's the exact same thing. It's the, what should I do, right? Almost like a distrust in what they actually really want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I loved hearing it about, you know, like it really could be as simple as allowing ourselves to be so in touch with what we really want to be putting out there and trusting that that was enough. But I think that that's probably the hard part for people is trusting that their true, full, authentic expression is actually the thing that people are going to receive. Yeah. You know, I, I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks speak. Me and, too. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're the same person. We've never met before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, like sometimes I'll just like listen to her or them, whatever they are, speak about. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. Speak about artists in that facet. And one of the things that resonated with me the most that actually like really transformed the way I looked at my own artwork is that it's just simply a snapshot in time. And it actually doesn't matter what your art looks like because it's literally just energy and people are attracted to different versions of your energy and who wouldn't want your artwork. It's a beautiful snapshot of the divine and it just holds so much energy that you're creating, mm. co-creating with source energy. And it, it, to me, I was like, oh my God, yes, that's so true. Yes. It doesn't matter what it looks like at all. And it's really the energy behind the doing, the who you're being in the doing that dictates mm-hmm. how that thing that you've created or that action that you've taken actually is received in the world. Absolutely. And I think that like the more that we can take emotions that fear us, like there's that whole conversation about, um, you know, the dark poet and, you know, all that stuff. Right. (laughs) And I think really think that, um, we can find inspiration from darkness and lightness. Like I, I, I don't think it's one or the other, but beauty does come when we're able to take a creator's position and manipulate the situation for ourselves, like in energetically, I mean, um, and we create something with, with God, universe, divine, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's like diamonds with pressure and heat and like insane, you know, circumstances has created the most beautiful gemstone. And like, that's our artwork. And I think it's definitely, it's so I've never considered this parallel between the art world and like the online creative world or entrepreneur world, because I definitely saw 
inauthenticity in the art world, which was like this pressure people put on themselves to have their art be like really significant, you know, and really Mm -hmm. like just it's so smart and it means all of these things and the like parallel that now I'm really seeing and that I've definitely done myself within the coaching world or like the course creator world is like trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what it means, trying to figure out what should be included so that people want to sign up or to buy it. When in reality, if we could just allow it to be an extension of ourselves and that like purity, is that kind of like, that's what I'm like really hearing and thinking about as you're talking. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like, I think um, whatever it is, like a course, for example, or a seminar or a work, work, um, like a lab or whatever, like, I totally think that um, I agree with you, like, as long as it's centered from who you are, and like, you're an expert in something, in sharing that expertise with others. And then, like, I do believe that there's some the right words that you need to use and stuff like that to get your message across clearly, but Mm -hmm. totally like when it's rooted from like the basis of who you are, like there's no doubt that you're meant to be successful, right? Because people want that. So is this part of um, the, this must be a big part of the coaching that you do with people is, or maybe, I don't know, you can tell me, which is like looking at what they're producing first and foremost and, and the energy from which they're, they're creating it. Yeah. I'm a little bit like I have this one client who just came to me and she said to me that she wanted to learn how to paint because she, she's sort of self-taught and she wants to try new things. And I was like, I'm absolutely happy to support you with like trying new processes of creating, but like, you need to know that your artwork is perfect and you don't Mm -hmm. have to change it because you already know you're self-taught. That's like the biggest, the coolest thing ever. And you don't need to learn all these things. I think if you want to and try new things, that's awesome, but it's not the basis of it. And I would say the coaching process is like, I am taking like the universal law of attraction as the main output. And then it, then we slice and dice it with like some marketing tactics, but um, it really depends like with on -on one-on-one, it's so personal that Um, We do a lot of like personal digging because it's so, our personal lives are so connected to our business life that we hardly even touch the business at the end of the day, as you would know. Um, And the group coaching is different. Like when I do my group coaching classes, um, it's less personal and it's more um, higher level with opportunity for the classmates to coach each other and listen to each other and create that safe space um, to be heard and try new things while also following like a set um, curriculum that works. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm just having like all these light bulb moments around the idea <laughs> of like, because so much of what I help people with it, like it's more, it sound it comes across as more complicated because we're talking about like courses, but in reality, like I just earlier today did a live stream on innovation, but innovation, it, like the whole thing about it was just like self-trust and putting yeah. who you are out there and trusting that that's enough instead of trying to be somebody else. Um, Oh my I, gosh. Yes. Yeah. I, I just got to say like, I okay. same with me, like some of the thing, one thing I just, I just did a, I'm putting something out today about working with difficult clients okay. and ultimately like I can say, Oh, have a contract in place, like do X, Y, Z. But really what it comes down to is like, do you respect your own artwork? Period. You know, because, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the world is just your mirror. So yeah. it's, you love it. If you believe it's good enough, if you believe you're good enough and you emanate that as you're putting it out there, that's what you're going to have reflected back to you. So it really, it's funny. I did this training last week and there was two back-to-back days where I, the first day was like, you are not your business. Like we need to 
create some separation. And I think with art, it's even harder. Like you are not your artwork because otherwise Mm -hmm. you put the art out there and if it's not received, we take it as personal rejection. But then the second day was like, and put more of yourself into your business or into your artwork in order for what is the coaching because a lot of what I do with people is get them into more like connection with themselves and more belief within themselves because when we are sold on ourselves other people are and we don't care as much because we don't need it from other people what does that look like within your business because you've just said like you don't need to change anything about your art you don't need to change anything about you it really is just self-acceptance how have you coached people through that in your business well a big so I have a lot of similarities with you because it is really self-trust at the end of the day and to build on top of that the one thing I see the most with my clients is also like put yourself in front of the camera so as much as I say, yeah, like you, your artwork is not you. It's a channel. It's, it's a different entity working through you. And it's important to let it take its own stage. But it's also important for you as the artist to be seen. And mm-hmm. it's not like from an egotistical standpoint, but a power standpoint of like, yeah, I do this. And no yeah. one fucks with me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because and it's totally. like proud. It's a, there's pride. It's like acceptance. And um, a lot of like, especially women don't do that. Ugh, this is like, so like everything you're saying, I've been um, really working on this like messaging within my business. And it's been something that's been really showing up and something I know, especially women need do you have an experience I think like artists in general are very sort of in touch with their own emotions so it may not be more women than it is men but I definitely think that women have a hard time like really just anchoring in within themselves and doing exactly what you've just said which is like being so sold on themselves and powerful within themselves because they're like that piece of artwork is brilliant and of course you're gonna buy it because I created it hello yeah Yeah. I mean I, I 100% like, and I only say it because I know because I experience it. And I literally just had this one speaking of like difficult clients. I, this is the first one that just came up. I just had this one client who is, um, you know, very back and forth and non-committal and I, like could just never be pleased kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just saw myself, um, making exceptions bending over backwards, asking them to, do they want this painted here or that there, this color, that, and it really taught me how to like, number one, tell people to fuck off (laughs) and number two, respect my work because at the end of the day, they're painting it. If I'm not the one saying, no, it's going here. I don't, not trusting my artwork. I'm not saying, no, I'm not going to add a yellow blob here because that's not going to look good and it doesn't match or whatever it is. Right. And so you know, I still have learnings to do with that. There's always something, but, um, I, like, I think that's a big part of it because then we feel like we're, we have to please the, yes. you know, you know, and it's like, it's not about that. They are attracted to your work and they're pushy because they just want you to step into your power. Yes. And the more you're standing in your power and certainty about something, the less anybody else questions it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and like the different caliber of clients you'll work with, it's just night and day, but we fear letting go because we don't know what it's going to look like. And there could be a lull while energy just shifts itself momentarily. Right. right? Yes. But you'll get higher paying clients, people that are actually like worth the time. Yeah. Well, and when you're like, when you think about it from an energy perspective, it's coming from a place of like such abundance and belief 
within yourself. So of course you're going to attract a higher level client that trusts you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wants it to be an expression of you, someone trying to control it. It's like, why not? Why like go to someone else then? Why not paint it yourself if you want it to look something like that is what art is. And it's, it's actually interesting. I think within the coaching world, one thing I've never done a whole lot of is (laughs) ask for feedback on courses and programs. Mm -hmm. And I think this can be like a really powerful practice for people to get feedback, you know, on what people liked. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I've also always felt like it's my creation. It's this, maybe this is the artist in me that always has had resistance towards that. When I've heard other people say like, Oh, you should go to your audience and ask them like what they think you should add and whatever. And every time I've done that, it's like this, maybe it's just the stubborn artist in me. That's like, but I, (laughs) it's my (laughs) creation. That's what people are investing in. You know, they're trusting me. I'm really believing in this. So, um, so yeah, it's interesting to see it through the lens of like everything that you're saying, um, as an artist. And, uh, I want to know, because obviously your backgrounds in, in visual arts and, um, you're also very much into the world of alignment and manifestation and law of attraction. What, was that sort of evolution like for you? Were you always quite spiritual? Was it something that came through your artwork? Was it something that you sort of stumbled into partway through your journey? So, um, I was always like very open as a kid and I had a lot of spirit, like spiritual experiences and visitations from the other side. Mm. And, um, I never, like my mom was very receptive to it and, um, she had experiences. So we were able to talk about it together. And I also grew up in a home where like astrology was a scent, like a focal point. So I know a lot about, um, you know, astrology and the planets and all that stuff. And so there's always this very, like very much an alignment with that growing Mm -hmm. up. I wouldn't say it was like sort of like delved into too deeply until I did my own work. And, um, as a teenager, so I have a twin sister, we're fraternal. And growing up um, with a, a sister your age, and then I had a brother a year younger than me, and my mom had three kids under the age of a year and a half. Like it was a lot. So wow. I don't think a lot of us got the needs we needed. And one of the things that, and it, no one's fault, like this just our choice yeah. and we're into this yeah. world, obviously. Um, one of the things that I struggled with the most was comparison, just having been compared to my whole life to my twin sister. And, um, I struggled heavily with anorexia and bulimia Mm -hmm. as a teenager until about my early twenties. Um, it took me running away. Like I, I'm, I traveled all around the world. I lived in New York city, which was phenomenal experience, except for the fact I was so, so unhappy, um, Mm -hmm. and just an absolute waif. Like I just, there was nothing to me and it was, um, I was very depressed and I remember coming home. I had done a year of art school previously. And at this point I was trying to make it in the fashion world and I was going to school studying fashion at the time. And I came home and I just like knew I was different and, um, not spiritually, but just sick wise and I needed help. And so as I went to therapy and, um, got help that way and through from the doctor, I also was encouraged by my mother to start painting again. And, Um, I started going to these drop-in drawing classes at the local university and um, just playing around with figure drawing because I was always very drawn to it and naturally very good at it in university. 
And I just remember like being so in awe by the bravery of the like nude model who was just strutting it in front of like a class of very critical students who were just like, also I was trying to like not be seen. So I was like hiding in the back and I was like, if she looked at me too long, like, like made, like made eye contact with me, I was like mortified, even though I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to be like studying every ounce of her curve. Right. (laughs) But I just like, it was so healing and I was drawn to it and I was just receiving all of that courage, um, from an energy trans point from this model. And, um, I remember having my very first art show and my friend encouraged me and she was, cause I had so much debt from school I had to pay back. And I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And it was like working an hourly job at the time. And she was like, just put your art up and see what happens. And mm-hmm. I remember having my very first art show and I sold so many pieces and it was like the coolest experience ever. And people were so drawn to the nude portraits that I started getting asked to draw others. And I was like, what the fuck? Yes. What the fuck? I'm not doing that. But something in me said yes. And then as soon as I knew it, I had like a little side business going where like women would come to me and they would get drawn nude and then they would purchase the artwork and leave. And like, I thought that was so cool. And I was doing it. And as, as my like corporate career was progressing, I did it for years and I would like, I rented a studio space. I did it at my house. And like, I've met so many rad women from doing this and I've, I've drawn men and I've drawn, um, individuals and it's been, and couples. And I had so many cool experiences getting to know people. And then when I was like considering leaving my corporate job, I remember all of a sudden getting bombarded with this, just feeling I wasn't alone anymore. And it scared the daylights out of me because I just would like shit would fly off the the shelves. I'd come home and there were puddles of water everywhere, no hairline cracks on a cement floor. And, um, I was being woken up and I was seeing, um, spirit again in the middle of the night. And so I like, I went to go get help because I was like, this is crazy. And basically I was having a spiritual awakening and Mm -hmm. it really supported me with the transition of leaving my corporate world and like developing that faith and working with spirit and letting it work through me. And I just was introduced to the concept of like the one mind and the one source and where inspiration comes from. And I started to offer like tarot readings and, um, incorporating it into my nude portrait. So women would come for me to have a reading and then we do the nude portrait and it became like a very healing, um, experience. And then sooner or later I was drawing like celebrities and people around the world. And I was doing it on zoom and not just locally. And then, (laughs) and then that sort of transformed. And I started to offer like intuitive readings separately. Um, having worked with this great coach for so long that I felt confident with it. And my, then I started to evolve into painting. And I remember like working with different artist coaches and I worked with such assholes that um, we're so stuck in their ways with how the art world was supposed to look like. And it either had to decide like, oh, you'd have more sex as a success as a commercial artist rather than a fine artist. And like, honestly, the more I, I dipped my toes into the commercial world, I was like, I hate this. I just want to be a self-expressed artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like making that decision that I could make that decision that I would be worthy enough of doing that, that really allowed it to progress and allowed my painting to like take the center stage. I still do um, intuitive nude portraits, but it's not as often as I, I paint now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh my God. I love that story. And that's so <laughs> that <was> cool. long. <laughs> yeah, no, I love, I was so into it though. Like, because all of that was just this sort of like magical unfolding. And it was something that was so authentic to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like found you. And I mean, the idea of you said, I met so many cool people. I love this. Like, 
I don't know why it sounds, it intrigues me so much to think about drawing someone nude and like getting to know them and how oh, yeah. real, like that's I mean, so real. Long, I was like so nervous. Like the first time I ever yeah. did it. No kidding. <laughs> so to this day, it was like a friend, of, it was a friend of mine. Like we didn't know each other that well. And she, she came over and oh my God, it wasn't, it was actually a friend of a friend. I didn't even know her that well. I actually never met her. Okay. Yes. I'm remembering. And I remember like I lived in an apartment downtown Vancouver and like it it was like the worst apartment it looked straight into like um a school (laughs) and I just remember like drawing the blinds it was like 11 a.m and I like put on some jazz music and I like poured a glass of wine and I was like let me just draw you nude and it was so uncomfortable but we laughed about it and it was hilarious and then I started to get more comfortable with it, but like I was I really didn't know how to make people comfortable and that was a skill set I learned. Oh my gosh. I just, for some reason, think that's the coolest story ever. Um, and the evolution of that and like how, yeah, I love it. Um, I want to ask you like building on that about, you know, what it is that you do in your business from like a manifestation or mindset perspective. And actually on this post that I was reading from earlier, which by the way, I've never done when I'm interviewing someone reading part of their writing to them, but I was just so like moved by this when I was reading it. But you said, I pick up my spiritual toolkit when I need it, not as a tool to get me somewhere. Big difference. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> about what you mean by that? Let's talk about it. So I think that um, there's like this obsession with having your spiritual routine And again, it's just this idea that you're not whole and complete as you are in every moment. And I've I've been there. And as much as I really embody meditation and automatic writing and pulling cards, I also know that I don't need it every day. And it's there as an outlet when you do need it to reach for something in alignment. Um, It's not there to to get you in alignment. You're already there. It's there to just help you embody yourself and in that moment. Yeah. And I just oh think that, that obsession with it. And I'm like, and I was there, like I ran in that race. It sucks. You just never get anywhere. <laughs> like you might be able to create certain things, but they don't usually stay. And then what I did, cause I'm a big believer or have been a big believer in visualization. And I do think that it's a fantastic tool, but when I was relying on it in order to manifest, I would burn myself out. And then when I'm not visualizing, now I've created a belief that things aren't going to happen because I'm not doing the yeah. thing. I, I right. totally relate. Yeah. If I'm not like meditating every day or like doing <laughs> my cards or whatever, then I'm not doing it. But it's actually that still that concept of like, oh, I have to do to be instead of being received. <laughs> I have to, I guess I was saying this like, cause I talk all the time about being, and it's so funny how often we try to do being. Yeah. 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 We try to, like I, I woke up from a meditation one day and, and again, not from the forcing, but like truly from like a curiosity standpoint. And I was like inquiring to myself of this concept of like receiving. And it was just dawned on me that like we do to have, but we have to be to receive. And there's two different energies in right. those two concepts. Yes. And doing to have doesn't, doesn't guarantee any kind of long-term no. anything. No. Right. Requires you to stay on the hamster wheel. Whereas when mm-hmm. you become that's forever. Okay. So then building on that, what is your, like, it sounds like it's something very um, intuitive for you in terms of practices that you might that you might exercise when you feel called, but what are some of the things that you 
do do <laughs> in terms of your own mindset development? Yeah, good question. Um, so like, okay, one of the things that I'm just, I, I knew this by myself, but I'm really like more aware of it was, um, I just took a week off vacation a few weeks ago and I went to Tofino to surf my partner and I were, we were really into surfing and he built me a surfboard for my birthday a long time ago. And I was visiting with my friend and she's a badass. She owns Vitruvi, the essential oil company. Her name's Sarah. And she was asking me, Hey, do you feel like you're living your dream life? And I was like, I love having friends like that. And I said, no, I don't. I'm, I'm hmm. pissed off with COVID. I feel like yep. I can't leave my house. It's frustrating. And yes, I feel all that way. But I started to reconnect with yoga and meditation um, through actually through the app Open Yoga, um, okay. which is a really cool app that like I knew it was around. I just hadn't tried it because I always just found like I couldn't find a teacher I connected with because um, that was really important to me with the yoga practice. And I used to practice yoga religiously while I, when I was a teenager, while I had my eating disorder and it really supported me with finding bliss in my body. And I totally let go of it in my early twenties onward. Cause I was like way more into hit classes, mountain biking, like intense workouts, which also needed its own healing to do. Um, but I remember retrying this like a month ago and being like, Oh my God, I feel bliss in my body. And that's all that matters. And being able to take a minute to myself or an hour or 30 minutes and remembering I'm in choice and mm. I'm the creator of my life and like spending two minutes or 30 minutes or an hour being in your body, whether it's through yoga or meditation, um, has reminded me like the joy of the moment. And so like my practice right now, cause it evolves and changes all the time. Yeah. It's like being back in my body through yoga and meditation in like I'll mountain bike or I'll surf when I feel like it, when I'm around the places that I can do it. Um, but truly it's like that being in my body, whatever's going to put me in my body. Cause I also am like full of air in my astrological chart, birth chart that I, I just like lift out of my body so easily and I get carried away in my brain. So like I <laughs> need that grounding nature for myself. I feel yeah. like we all resonate with that. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's so funny because it really is about who you're being. And it, what you just said was, I take time to be in my body. Whereas we were just saying it's all yeah. that we do, but like, so how do we be, if it's not something that we're doing, well, we be it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, know, making like, any sense. for sure. And I know personally for me, being in my body was never a safe space with the illness mm, I struggled with. Right. And I was also a, a very sick kid. I was in the hospital a lot growing up as a child. And so, um, so finding like bliss in my body and safety, mm. um, in this vessel is my greatest work. Right. Um, and I would say like painting and creating and whatever your artistic outlet is, is also the practice, even though we do it every day or when we're only inspired, like that still brings you into the present moment. How would, how do you feel that, you know, your story and the things that you've struggled with in your illnesses have impacted your business and your ability to help other people and just what you stand for now? Oh, I mean, that's a great question because like the one thing I want to, I don't want to say is the thing I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. it, it shows me where I play the victim card mm. and I like, <laughs> I'm going to say something that I shouldn't, but I, I hate that about myself. <laughs> 
it's like the one thing that I'm like now very aware of where I fall into the victim of like, Oh, I, you know, I can't do this or why is this happening to me? And, um, you know, a lot of those Instagram posts that I put up are really my own thought processes and epiphanies I'm having about myself. Oh, of course. Always. So yeah, it shows me where I play victim and where I'm not standing in my power, being seen and owning my creations. I mean, yeah, yeah, yes. And I love that you brought this up because we're all still like we all there's a payoff in yeah. victimhood. For sure. I totally was a victim to COVID for like all way because Ontario was just like, oh, you guys got down for, yeah. like, oh my gosh. And I wanted to be so right about it. And it took me months. I actually went out West and it took going out West to be like, you can be right about this or you can go home and actually find happiness again in your day-to-day yeah. life. <laughs> it's yeah. one or the other. But in the victimhood about how much it sucked in Ontario and I live alone, there was all of this compassion for me, right? There, the payoff was all of this, like, um, just pity, not pity, but like everybody reaching out and asking how I was doing and like all of this attention. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, yeah. so I think that like, we have to almost honor that victimhood when it wants to come up, but not like what I'm hearing from you is like, you don't let yourself identify with it for long. And that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still a practice, but it's the multitasking of like, oh, I feel like a victim in this moment, but my truth is I know that I'm creating and I know that this is temporary and I know that I can choose something different, but yeah, it's giving yourself the space to, to be coddled by yourself. And I think that's like the biggest thing I've learned also this during this last year and six months is like, um, we need to find uh, more self-compassion for ourselves Mm. and like allow ourselves to lean on ourselves Um, and I know that that speaks really truly to me and what I've been through in my life. And, um, a lot of the women I coach were just like really hard on ourselves and that judgmental Mm -hmm. part, but like, we really need to learn how to self-nurture. Okay. What is that? That was sort of the next thing I was going to ask you was, you know, in, it sounds like with your clients, you really work with them to become grounded within themselves, to believe in their artwork, to believe that they're worthy of the money that they want to make for it, to, you know, show up authentically. What does that practice, you know, are there certain things that you have clients do in terms of becoming more compassionate towards yourself, changing your self-talk and really cultivating that relationship with yourself that I think, especially as women, we have a lot of things stacked up against us in endeavoring to do so. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think there's like a one size fits all, but yeah. one thing that I have been practicing that my therapist has actually shared with me that I've been sharing with my clients is whenever I feel like resistance or, you know, c- confronted by an emotion that I don't like, I put my left hand on my heart and my right hand over top of it. And I just kind of rock myself back and forth. And, um, I like just invite that emotion in. And mm-hmm. it's funny because as soon as, cause it's, this is what a mother would do to its newborn and the release of oxytocin and endorphins are like, you'll yawn. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You'll tired. You can just stop running. You like your fight or flight, you know, just drops. And, um, the second thing I do is I say to myself, like there are other people in the world that feel this way. And then I just do something really nice for myself and right afterwards, which maybe that's tucking myself into bed. Maybe that's picking up my paintbrush. Maybe that's like eating a piece of chocolate, <laughs> whatever. Right. Um, but it's, it's crazy powerful. It's so powerful. It's like a, a reparenting yes. practice. Yeah. But I, I really like that. Um, what I have been doing, what I do, and it's yeah. like, 
I, God forbid anybody ever find these journals, <laughs> but it's like, I will ask, I'll, you know, open up my journal and say, Lauren, what's on your mind today? What do you want me to yeah. hear? And I have this like conversation with myself and I let that part of me express, you know, anything that she's feeling. And then I acknowledge it. I validate it. And then I assure her that we're safe. It's yeah, like, this. <laughs> well, and like, I can honestly say a year ago, I would have felt it w- that would have felt like just way too woo. I was so disconnected with myself mm. that the idea of like having a nurturing conversation with myself, like I would, of course I just visualized all day because that wasn't actually getting to like, it was, it was easier. Oh yeah. It's a, such a powerful way to yeah. nurture through the, the writing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I really like what you said though, just cause it's like a, I don't know that it's the same kind of thing. It's like just Mm -hmm. physically being there for yourself. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know like what, what the experience has been like for you, but for me, that kind of mindset work has been so much more transformational in such a short period of time, because I don't think it's like a rewriting, you know, subconscious rewriting, reprogramming neural pathway kind of thing. I think it's like a integrating with that part of us who just desperately Mm -hmm. needs our love. I agree. And I don't like, again, I don't know what, what your experience has been either, but I know just from being a twin, um, I put a lot of emotional like expectations on my partner and my family members or people close to me to help me work through emotions. And, um, it's like, it's not their job. (laughs) And I think it's really beautiful when you have friendships in your lives that can hold space. And I, I have like, literally the first time in my life found friendships that I can just like be whoever I want. They'll be like, you know, call me, call me out and hold me up to a light. Um, but it's, it's not as powerful as being able to do it yourself. And that like for artists specifically, because we can feel so alone, um, in this world and as intuitives, like loneliness is a big one because, you know, you strive to have different conversations with people and you hit a wall with your old friendships and community. And then it's like, you know, being authentic and speaking your truth and just feeling like you can't. And, um, I I think that like when we can do that for ourselves, it's, it just proves, it just builds strength. I agree. Mm -hmm. And then from like an energy perspective, you're not attached to getting it from anybody else anymore. Right. Get rid of that Um, validation. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Which is like, is, is the neediness in our business that creates attachment in the first place, right? Like I need someone to buy this painting so that I can feel wanted. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. So uh, just like a couple more questions for you. I've loved this conversation. (laughs) I was, I was telling Tori before we got on that, like my, one of my team members sets up these uh, interviews. And so while I've obviously done a bit of my own research, it's always like this, it's this really um, just very aligned thing that happens where it's like, whatever it is that I'm currently working through personally, or even sharing with my audience or delving into is always the person that I have on the podcast. It's like, (laughs) it's just this thing that keeps happening. And today is like, to just a whole nother level. Um, What is sort of your vision for your business moving forward? What are you working on creating next? Well, like my long term goal Mm -hmm. (laughs) is to have my artwork in the Louvre. Ooh, and that it. is like my, my big, hairy, scary, audacious goal that I would be like, pinch me. This is so rad because I get to share it with so many people, um, from a business standpoint, like from the coaching and all that stuff. Yeah. 
Um, there it's totally in alignment, but I just want to support other artists, like become profitable, as I said, and mm-hmm. just share my learnings with them and learn from them as well. Um, so I'm really focused right now on building transparency in the art world and I'm creating a couple things and I've created a mastermind course and a subscription where artists can gather and share our Intel, because I just wish that when I first started, there was transparency and someone I could talk to that actually had walked the same path as me or um, support other people looking for questions because there just isn't that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people I looked up to were already dead. So um, <laughs> there weren't like, there was not option. <laughs> but um, so I'm also writing, honestly, almost finished writing a book. It's called The Wealthy yeah. Artist. Um, I and love it. <laughs> it's all about how to become wealthy from your artwork. And it takes excerpts from my personal life um, and examples from my clients. And it's definitely, there's a how-to component to it, but it's also very raw. And I expose many aspects of my life I would never want other people to know because I think I'm trying to be as vulnerable as possible and show that I'm flawed, you know, like everyone else. Um, And that if it happened to me, it can happen to you. So um, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on right now. Oh my God. Amazing. I love it. Um, Tori, where can people connect with you online? Um, Definitely on my Instagram, which is Tori Swanson Art or my website, toriswanson.com. Amazing. We're going to link those down below for you guys. And I like to put people on the spot right at the end and just ask if there was one thing that you could leave our audience and our listeners with today, what would it be? (laughs) Oh, big question. (laughs) I would say that wherever you are in your journey is perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. There's this obsession to be somewhere else or like, and I can relate to this, where we wish that we're two steps ahead. But um, it, two steps ahead will never come unless you're happy with where you're at. And, it can, and that can accelerate you so quickly with that self-acceptance. A thousand percent. We can't have what we want to, or we can't have what's next until we're happy with where yeah. we're at. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Tori. Just, I really enjoyed this conversation. I just get on these conversations, uh, these calls and I'm like, I can't believe this is my job. And uh, so I really appreciate your time and your wisdom. And uh, like I said, I'll link everything down below for you guys to so make sure that you check out Tori and um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks Lauren. I had such a blast talking to you. Thanks it for having me. <laughs> okay. Bye guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.